hopefully you know you're in the All About the Bass um, seminar. So this week we are going to be teaching you about some firm foundations. We're going to teach you about some solid bass foundations. Um, so today it's going to be about Get Wisdom. Um, and we want to talk a little bit, I just want to quickly talk to you about why we want to talk about foundations. What are foundations? Um, so hopefully there's a picture of um, the Shard. So who's, who's been to the Shard or seen it or been near it or walked around it? I went up, I did kind of the cheap thing and I went up and I didn't actually buy anything and I just sort of like walked around the, the like cafe and then walked back down again. Oh, naughty. Um, <laughs> but you can go and sit at the top of the Shard, you get amazing stunning views. It's a pretty impressive building. I saw it going up as well, it took a long time to build... Um, but can anyone guess how deep the foundations of that building are? So when you build a building, you have to dig deep and build down and put loads and loads and loads and loads of concrete down there and build a deep foundation. Who can guess? What do you reckon? 100 metres. What do you reckon? 24 metres. So an average house is two metres deep, an average house, which is about six, Stephen's height. And this room, so from the back to the front, is 30 metres. So how much do you think? Any more guesses? What do you reckon? 52 metres? What do you reckon at the back? 64 metres. Ah, well, you are a very good guesser, or you're just really hot on stats about buildings. The shard is 53 metres deep. That's not how high it is. That's how deep it is. It goes 53 metres. That means it goes deeper into the ground than this room almost double this room deep into the ground that is deep 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 deep, deep. deep. Um, so if you want to build a really big building and an impressive building you need to dig really deep you need some solid foundations um, who can guess how deep the deepest ocean is Stephen any guesses I reckon I probably a mile deep what's that in metres <laughs> give me metrics it's come like, on okay 1500 metres 1,500 metres, so that's 1,500 metres. Well okay, Thanks, maths. Maths A-level, actually. Uh, anyone else got any guesses? Yeah? 2,000 metres, the deepest ocean is 2,000 metres. What do you think? 6,000 metres, the deepest ocean. So the deepest ocean, which is a ridge in the Pacific, is 10,994 metres. That is deep. So we want to talk to you about foundations and building deep and how you can build your life well. So we're going to put in some good, solid foundations. Man can only build with about 50 metres deep, but God can build super deep. So 10,994 compared to 53. Doesn't even, it's not even on the same scale. It's like a whole other like, three sets of digits in there. Um, so yeah, we just want to talk to you a little bit about how you can build deep. And that's what we're going to do over the next four mornings. So this morning we're going to talk about Get Wisdom. And si Simon? That's me. That's, that's friendship. That's friendship there. Yes, Stephen is going to tell you about what today is. Today is Get Wisdom. And so Get Wisdom is really, what we're going to talk today is about reading your Bible. And we've got lots of people, I, actually I didn't, my wife emailed a whole bunch of people to say, how do you read your Bible and what's your favourite bit? So they sent us pictures. So here's a picture of Joel Virgo, uh, who was on stage last night. He said his favourite bit is from Jeremiah. And uh, he reads his Bible in a year. Sometimes I miss a few days. <gasps> Shock horror. And a uh, chunk of the Old Testament, chunk of the Old Testament, New Testament in the morning, and a psalm and some Proverbs in the evening when I brush my teeth. Okay, so people read their Bibles in all kinds of different ways. Who's ever read the Bible? Great. Me too. And so the first point today is in box number one. If you're sitting next to box number one, have a look around you. Have you got a box that has a number one on it? 
Have a look, have a look. What number has that box got on it? Da -da -da. It's there. That's right, it's box number one. Well, I someone picks box number one, I'll bring it up there here for me. There might be something in it. There might be something. Ooh. Ooh. Bring it up here, bring it up. And you're going to start our very own building at the front here. How exciting. With real blocks they use in building. Clearly not, it's just a couple of box. Great, Lydia. Lydia, so you Hello put the box in place and then you need to open it to see what's inside. So you need to put it on top of one of those boxes. That's it. Can you turn it around so the numbers at the front? Is that right? Thanks so much. <laughs> right, have a look inside what's inside. It is. It is. What is it? Ooh, it is. Surprise, roll. surprise. Hey! Hey! Bible! Woo! Okay, very good. Okay, so... <laughs> Great, Lydia, wisdom. you can keep that. And First point is get a Bible. You can have that Bible. You're very welcome, Lydia. Okay, get wisdom. Get a Bible. That's the first thing to do. Okay, so as Christians, we have the wonderful privilege of having God's Word. This is God's gift to us. It's not just a book. It's not just a manual. It's not just some stuff someone wrote down. It's actually the very breathed Word of God that He has given to us to enjoy and to read. It tells us about Him. It tells us about who we are. It tells us our wonderful need of Him. And it's just full of amazing things in it that help us build foundations in our life. The first thing you need to do is you to get a Bible. Who's got a Bible? Who's got a phone? Let me tell you a secret. I have a Bible for going on stage with. That's basically the only reason I have a paper Bible now. The rest of the time, I read my phone on my, on my read my Bible on my phone <laughs> because it's just us. It's just convenient. It's there all the time, and so I'm just reading it. So getting a Bible, getting a Bible app, all that kind of stuff means that something it's accessible. So if you're a Christian, you know that's fine. Bible that's really important. Maybe you're not a Christian here today. Let me encourage you get a Bible as well. Because actually, you know what, it's worth just getting to know God. And God can speak the very pages of it as you begin to read it and get to know it. So get yourself a Bible. Okay, next Where one. can you get a Bible, Stephen, on oh, site? You can get one from the bookshop. Ooh, how handy. Very handy. <laughs> okay. Okay, second point. Can I get a little drum roll? Drum roll. Where's box number two? Who's sitting near box number two? Great. What's your name? Rachel. Come pop the box on the uh, building. And can you open it and show us what is inside? That's it? Yeah, perfect. Just turn it around because Stephen likes to see the numbers. <laughs> and you can open it. And then if you can show us what's inside. Ooh. Cocoa Pops and some breakfast muffins. Woo! You can keep those. Second breakfast right there. Don't ruin your lunch. Um, so... <laughs> Um, the second point we want to talk about is eat it. So don't actually physically put the paper of the Bible into your mouth or don't put your phone in your mouth, not advised. But the Bible is meant to be digested. It's not meant to just be uh, looked at. Food is great, you know, it's, it's tasty, it's yummy, but it's no good if you don't actually eat it. You've got to put that stuff in your mouth and you need to eat. You've got to eat to stay alive. You've got to eat to be healthy. You've got to eat to grow. You've got to eat. If you don't eat, you will die. That is a fact. So you need to eat. Um, and Jesus said this as well about the Bible. He said that the Bible, the word of God, that man cannot survive on bread alone, that he needs the word. He needs the word that actually, spiritually, you can't grow and you can't uh, stay healthy and you can't actually live spiritually without the word of God. You need to get the word into you. And I don't know about you, but I quite like to eat. I like to eat in different sort of places and different times. I like to eat a little snack. I like to eat three-course meals at my friends' houses, like come dine with me style. I like to eat while I'm on the go. I might just grab an apple on the way to work, or I might eat um, 
if you're kind of training for a marathon or training for a big sports event, you might like carb up. You might have like times of day where you go carb crazy and then you might just be on like fruit for the rest of the day. I don't know. I haven't done a marathon, but I know you can't tell, but I haven't. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, you need to eat in different places, different things, different kind of foods. And the same is true with the Bible that you might need different things from the Bible at different times. And Jesus demonstrated this really well. So Jesus used the word, although the New Testament wasn't written when Jesus was alive, there was the Old Testament. And he used the word. So when Satan came and tempted him and tried to get him to do things that were um, not good, he said no. And he used the scripture to fight temptation. And he used scripture to stand in authority and speak um, so that he didn't fall into temptation. And he also used the word to encourage people. He brought hope and brought healing to people through the word of God. So the word can be used in all sorts of different ways. And just like food, it can be different. It can taste different. It can have different purposes and jobs. Do you want to talk a little bit about... Hearing, not just eating. <laughs> Good point. It is me. Okay, the other thing I thought was like, sometimes the way we eat it in terms of the word is listening to preachers. Now, who likes sitting still in their bottom for 40 minutes at a time? Not many. These guys love it. They're like, yeah, I love a bit of PlayStation. No, I'm sitting there just sitting there just listening to people. We don't naturally think, oh, I'd like to do that. But actually, when someone is preaching the word of God, you know, that is a gift to you and at New Day and in your churches you've got people who love the word of God who have studied it and want to help you understand it and so I encourage you if your attitude towards listening to preaching right now is like oh it's a bit long it's a bit boring you know what I tune in and tune out of preachers let me tell you that I'm listening to a preach and sometimes my mind wanders off and I come back again but that's okay that's just, that's just, that's just normal okay but do your best thing no actually when the preacher prays at the beginning of his preach that we hear it and we take it on board, I think, yeah, I want to pray along with that because I want my life to be changed. I want God to build deep foundations in me. And I know that his word gives life and it has things to challenge me, to encourage me, and to help to know God better. So when you hear a preacher think, okay, this is an opportunity for God to speak into my life each and every time. And there are some preachers who I just find a bit dull and boring. They just, they don't click with me. They're not in that same way. But you know what? When I listen to them, I think, no, they are God's men and they're switching God's word. I say, you know what? I'm going to pray that God uses this person to speak to me. Let me tell you, there have been times in my life, just in a moment, where God has spoken to something and I've just got it and understood it and it's, it's fed my soul like I was speaking. A couple of years ago, on the first night, I am obviously thinking, wow, 12 to 14 starts tomorrow morning, we've got a whole bunch of messy games to organise, I need to know what's going on for seminars. My mind is every which way is going type of thing. And Andrew Wilson was speaking on about God's love. And I was in the meeting because I'm one of the leaders and I have to be in the meeting. I was thinking, I need to be doing things, but I'll sit here because I should be here. And do you know what? Just Andrew Wilson, just as he began to talk about God's love, God just grabbed the heart of my heart and just told me, you know what, Stephen? I love you and I like you. And I've been really struggling with that. I knew that God loved me, but I thought he had to, he had to love me. I thought it was a duty thing, like Simon was talking about this morning. Because I know I love you and I like you and I made you the way I You know what? It transformed my life from that point on. That was just a couple of years ago. And you know, it changed my new day. I was thinking, new day was about me serving other people. I was like, no, this new day is about God reminding me again of his wonderful love for me. And that's through the preaching of God's word. So make sure when it's preaching, you think, actually, this preach can change my life. I pray along with a preacher and listen up. Eat it in that way. Great. And so I just thought I'd share a couple of my favorite verses that have really fed me. Um, so the first one is Daryl Tunningley. No. 
Uh, oh, and Cassie's funny. <laughs> um, so it says, Romans 8, 38. Hopefully you can see it. I'll read it out loud. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, so yeah, there's definitely times where I've felt really distant from God. And like Stephen was just saying, there's times where you just feel like you're not really up for it and you're not really sure of God's love for you. And you're not kind of in that place of just, you know, complete awe and wonder, like everyone seems to be at new day and you're maybe not there. And God is saying in this verse, he absolutely loves you, that nothing can separate you from his love. I love the little line that says, anything else in all creation just in case they missed anything no really everything they've got they've covered everything there um, so nothing can separate you um from god's love and the other verse just up there is ephesians 2 8 10 it's possibly one of my favorite verses in the whole bible for it says by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves it is the gift of god not by work so that no one can boast for when we are God's handiwork created in Christ, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Um, and I love this verse because there's times where I felt like I'm not sure about the future. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm not sure what subjects I'm going to pick at school. I'm not sure what job I'm going to have. I'm not sure who I'm going to marry. I'm not sure where I'm going to live. There's so many things that I was worried about at different stages in my life. And I thought, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make these choices. I don't know what to, what to choose, what to, whether I'm going to make the wrong choice. What happens if I make the wrong choice? Oh, my goodness, it's really overwhelming. And I'd get in a real tears. And especially, like, I think in my teen years, I really struggled with that and struggled with a little bit of perfectionism, having to make the right choice all the time and feeling scared about making the wrong choice. And God just reminded me through this verse time and time and time again that he's created me for a purpose, for good works, which he prepared beforehand. That I don't have to stress and worry. I just have to go back to him, keep going back to him. And he kept taking me back to this verse. And the other thing that this verse is really good at is that no one can boast that I can't say, oh, yeah, I made the right choice. And therefore, I'm really great. Look at me. Woohoo! I made a great choice. I've got to go back to God and say, thank you, God, that you helped me make that choice, that you gave me wisdom, that you gave me good guidance and you helped me make that decision. So no one can boast because it's all about Jesus. Um, great. So next point is point number three. Has anyone got box point three? Oh, nice. Well done. What's your name? Shout it out. Tony. Tony's on a mission with box number three. Pop it down and open it up. What do you think's inside it? What have you got, Tony? What's in there? A pair of 3D glasses. And just some paper to make you look pretty. Brilliant. So, who's... He wasn't very impressed with his gift, but they are a handy gift. Next time you go to see a 3D movie, you're going to be so grateful you were in this seminar. Uh, <laughs> and I am going to really be ungrateful because I've given you my 3D glasses. Uh, <laughs> so who's been to see a 3D movie? I went to see Avatar a few years ago. It was epic. It was amazing. But at one point in the movie, I took my glasses off. 
and I had a, I got a headache. It was so weird. It was like the screen was all like blurred, and there was like two of everything, and stuff was supposed to be moving, but it was moving in different ways. And I was like, this film sucks without the glasses. It's weird. It's confusing. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, Avatar's a bit weird in the best places anyway, but it was weird. The, the pictures didn't make sense. It wasn't what it was supposed to be. It wasn't how it was intended. The whole movie was kind of distorted and not great, and it gave me a headache. It really did. I was sitting in the cinema like, I have to put these glasses back on again because this is weird. Um, I don't know why I took my glasses off, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so 3D glasses is really the illustration for reading it with the Holy Spirit. That the Bible is not meant to be read just as a book. It's not meant to be just picked up and looked at and put down again and left. It's meant to be read with the Holy Spirit. So God gives us his Holy Spirit. Who was in the meeting last night? Give me a little whoop whoop. Whoop, whoop. Um, great. So Lozy in the meeting last night and uh, Daryl was talking really helpfully about the Holy Spirit and who he is. And he is real and he is a person and he is in you. If you've made a decision to become a Christian, if you've invited Jesus into your life and asked him to forgive your sins, then you've got the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know you've got the Holy Spirit, then we really, really want to pray for you at the end. So you please stay behind at the end. There'll be opportunities for Orange T-shirts and other ministry teams to pray with you. Um, but the Holy Spirit is so foundational in reading the Bible. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't read the Bible well. You can't get as much out of it as you could with the Holy Spirit. Um, so how do you do it? It's all kind of well and good saying read it with the Holy Spirit. Okay, move on. But how do you actually do that? So I think for me, the, the best way that I've been taught and the best way that I've learned is through practicing. Um, so I practice reading the Holy Spirit. So I'll sit down with a verse, with a little section of the Bible, not necessarily one verse on its own, but maybe like a chapter or a, or a little passage. And I'll pray. I'll stop and pray before I um, start reading and just say, God, would you help me? Would you speak to me? Holy Spirit, I need you to understand this and to get loads out of this. And I tell you, every single time I've done that, God has been so faithful and so good to me. And he's highlighted words. Like in my mind, I'm just like, oh, I've never noticed that word before in there. I've never noticed that says that about that. And he's related it to my situations. So maybe there's something going on in my life and I've read a passage. And God is just like I was saying about the Ephesians verse. He's just like hammered that home in different bits at different times and just been like you need to know this you need to know it in your heart and God has been so good at doing that and I just think that is the that is the power of the Holy Spirit that he will change the ordinary into the extraordinary okay let's have a look at Libby Gibbs Libby Gibbs says this she says that her favorite scripture she says I love the book of Hebrews because it reveals so much to me about Jesus and I love dipping in and out of the Psalms and find nuggets of truth about God and missed ways to handle myself through my emotions at different seasons and where do you read it wherever I am often in my bedroom in the morning before the day gets going so that's the one see a bit more Olivia there this week she's speaking on Wednesday night okay my one is make a plan so who's got box number four you need to be a girl for this box, unfortunately. Aww. I'm really sorry. Oh, you're so eager. Box what's, number four. What's your name? Maya. Maya, come pop the box on the tower or the building. Great, great positioning there. She's gone for a middle section. She's gone for the next row. <coughs> huh? You go, yeah, you're going up, but you're going up. Oh, you're not going to go wide as well. Mayor is chuffed. Look at her. <laughs> That's because every Bible is a magnetic notebook. That's no, not really. Is it? No, it's not really. We're at this point, it's about making a plan. Okay, so I've given a notebook so Maya can go and make a plan. So I find that there's good things in our lives that we all think are good. It is good to eat well, it's yep. good to stay fit, and it's good to put money aside. 
They are all good things that people agree about. But if you don't actually make a plan, you never actually do it. Okay, so I think, yes, I'm going to eat healthy this week. And then I buy my tomatoes, he goes, I've got a spare donut. I'm like, thank you very much. I'll have one of them. That's very nice, that thing. Or I go out and then I just eat junk all... So I'll tell you what, first day of Nudo for me was Sunday. And I, the only thing I ate all day was crisps and chocolate and pizza. That is all I ate that first day. I woke up yesterday morning. I was like, I feel so grimy. Ugh. It's like, that's it. I know I'm going to eat today. And I plan my meals. This is what I'm going to eat today so I don't eat junk. Sometimes when you don't have a diet, you need to make a plan. So maybe you're saving for money. You need to think, what am I going to put away each month or each week to make sure I can hit that savings goal so I can buy something. So I bought a motorbike recently. And so I had to make Ooh. a decision. And so I had to make a decision. This is all the money I'm going to put away so I can make sure I can afford a motorbike. So I'm going to make a plan. The same goes with reading the Bible. Think, oh yeah, reading the Bible sounds like a really good idea. But if you don't make a plan, the likelihood is you're not going to do it. If you don't think about when am I going to read it and what am I going to read, you're going to come unstuck pretty quickly. So I think, right, what am I going to read? What's my plan? So my plan at the moment is I'm reading through the Bible in a year. So that means uh, each day I know the list of chapters that I need to read to make sure I'm in course to do the whole Bible. And if you put a plan together, you think, I'm going to read the book of Mark every day for the rest of my life. May I suggest that's not a good plan. <laughs> At some point in your life, you want to have read the whole Bible. Because you know what? It's God's big story that he wants to share with you. And there's bits in there you think, I'm not really sure it fits, but you need to learn about it. Now, there's some bits you want to spend more time in, and that's absolutely fine. And your youth leaders, I'm sure, can help you find a good plan. It may be... That reading a Bible in a year is something you want to do. I did it when I, when I was your age, several times. And I think it's a great thing to do. Or maybe you've never read the Bible before, thinking, wow, that sounds pretty massive, doing four chapters a day or whatever. Just think, oh, I'll just start small. And I'll maybe just read one of the Gospels, like the Gospel of Mark, actually. Just think, oh, I'll just read a chapter a day. And so why don't you get to a plan together? Think, well, how am I going to read it? And when am I going to read it? So Libby says she likes to read it in the morning, uh, before she gets out of bed, before she starts the day. That's a great time to do it. And that's actually when I try and do mine. That's the best. I know, I know if I've done it then, I'm not going to forget for the rest of the day type thing. But often I like to read it before I go to bed. I like to read it with my kids. Those kind of things. But I have a plan in place to make sure I stick it. If you aim at nothing, what will you hit? Nothing. nothing. So you need to make it a plan. What am I going to aim at? And then, you know, if you don't hit it, that's okay. But at least you've got a plan that you can keep going back to. Great. Number six. Who's got book six? Oh, five. five. Ah, sorry. Oh, yeah. It. Sorry. Six. Sorry, it's me. Yeah, okay. Okay, yes. Box number five. Bring it up. Come on, come on, come on. Jump up. There might be something nice in there. <laughs> there is not. Uh, <laughs> bring it up, bring it up. Great. Let's come on. Bring it, pop it on our building. You need to rip it open, find height. out what's inside, and then put it on top. You're quite yeah, tall. find out what's inside. I suddenly realise that nine boxes is going to be massively tall. It's going to be tall. I think you might just make some sort of pyramid formation. We can get up there. <laughs> yes. Dug's up for the challenge. Dug's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's in it? Come here, come here, because my microphone doesn't stretch. What is it? What is it a picture of? Some vans, I think. Like some, they're not vans, are they? Come on, very clearly. What is it? A red lorry and a yellow lorry. Can you say red lorry, yellow lorry? Red lorry, yellow lorry. Yeah, it's difficult. Right, you can sit down. Okay, I'll turn to the person next to you. And you're going to take in turns, pair up, and I'll see how many red lorry, yellow lorries you can say clearly in 10 seconds. Tell us what's next to you. Are you ready? Red lorry, yellow 
Okay. Who got more than one? Who got more than two? Who got more than three? I only got two. Who got three? Who got four? Who got five? Who got six? Well, seven? Eight? No way. Nine? Ten? There's like rap stars down here. They're like, yeah, bust it. Red, lovely, yellow, lovely. Ooh. Yeah, they're on it. Great, well done. Red, it's quite hard to do it if you say it fast. And if we all say it slowly, red lorry, yellow lorry. Actually, it's easier to do. You can get through it. This is a very tangential point, a bit <laughs> off the point. But the point is, the best way to read the Bible is actually slowly. So making a plan is really important about what you're going to read. But if you just go through your plan, go tick, 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 tick. I've read my four chapters. On I go. Then you're going to miss what God has got to say to you. So actually, although I have a plan, sometimes I'm a week behind my plan because I found something in it that I've read. I want to slow down and just read a bit slower, understand it a bit better, maybe ask some questions about it or ask some questions about someone else. That's a point later. And... um, and just get, kind of meditate is a funny word, isn't it? Because when you think of meditation, you think, hum. But meditation is just simply taking something and just turning it over in your mind, asking the Holy Spirit, praying, say, God, reveal something more about this. Is there something more for me to know about you? Something more to know about myself and being in a relationship? So just read it slowly. Sometimes just read a verse, just read a little section, or maybe just dwell on a little story and think, what more is it that God wants to say in it? So read it slowly. Thank you. Great, now it's point number six. <laughs> okay, so who's got box number six? Great, what's your name? Ollie, Ollie, you need to come up to the front. Oh, Holly, sorry. Ollie, like Olivia, could be. Uh, <laughs> but it's not, it's Holly. Um, Holly, have you got a couple of friends with you today? Do you want to grab them up as well? Just, they can just walk up, you probably don't need to go and get them. <laughs> I think they have legs, great, yep. Cool. Four lovely ladies. Where are you guys from? Uh, Arkfield and Helsha. Woo! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited about Arkfield and Helsha. What? Oh, I can't remember what's. Um, so, if you grab these, just grab a couple each. But I want you to get them and. You need one in your hand, and you need to read the instructions on the outside of the party popper. So if you guys can stand in a little line here. Okay. So just read the instructions. Great. Have you all read the instructions for one of them? Okay. And then I just want you to put them down on the floor in front of you. Great. And that's it. You can sit down. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, that's not that's no fun, is it? You don't get a party popper, read the instructions and put it down. Lame. You get a party popper. What do you do with a party popper? Pop it. Pop it. Woo. Not in any eyes. Avoid your eyes. Woo. Great. You can carry on popping. Um, so the next point, number, number six, is don't just read it. I might just wait for a second. Huh? Oh, you got a dud one. Great. Are we, are we all just party popping out? Woo! Ladies, you were fantastic. You can come back again. Um, so point number six, don't just read it. It's no fun if you have something exciting, adventurous, amazing. It's no fun if you pick it up, read it, put it down and carry on with your life as if you never read it. No fun. It's no good. doesn't do anything. doesn't achieve anything. 
I'm, it's not at all distracting, thanks. <laughs> Behave yourself, boys, come on. <laughs> it's the only time in the week where I get to tell Stephen what to do. <laughs> Yay! Woo! Stephen Dawson, everybody! <laughs> okay, so don't just read it. Uh, just like the party poppers, the Bible isn't intended for us just to pick it up and put it down again, having read it and thought, great, checklist ticked, done, on with the rest of my day. God says in the Bible that he wants us to read it and for it to affect our hearts. And how do we demonstrate that it's, that it's affected our hearts and that it's gone in? Is that we do it. We do what it says. You read it and you do it. And Jesus talked a lot about this. And there's lots of different verses that talk about not just reading the word, but being doers of the word. And uh, there's a parable in the Bible. A parable is a story that Jesus told. And it's a story about a wise man and a foolish man. And just for the purposes of this demonstration, I'll be the wise man. And Stephen will be the foolish man. So imagine we both get a DIY flat pack house. We buy it from Ikea. And we trundle off to our little plots of land. And we're going to go and buy it and build our house. And we both read the instructions. Stephen decides he's going to build his house on the beach because he likes the view. So he builds his house on the beach. Great. He puts all his eight children into the house. <laughs> it's on the... How many? Oh, six children, sorry. Eight, of, eight people altogether, yeah. So I lost count. I lost count number three. Uh, <laughs> um, so, builds his house on the sand on the beach. Lovely. Great view. But the instructions said that you should build it on a good foundation. So I went and I found a really nice flat bit of rock. I dug a bit of a foundation and I built my house on the rock. And my house looks great. And I can actually see the view from my house even better than he can. So then, oh no, what happens the winds came down and the floods came up. The wind, yeah, I know the song. Um, so then a big storm comes. You can imagine it. I'm sure you guys have great imaginations. Um, and what happens to Stephen's house? What do you think happens to it? It falls down. Yeah. It's built on sand. It's not going to hold, is it? Who's built a sandcastle? I live in Brighton, so it's a bit difficult to build sandcastles. But I've built sandcastles, and they don't stand up very long. And some little kid probably comes and just like... And you're like, great, I've spent three hours making that sandcastle, and you've just destroyed it. But it's easy to destroy, isn't it? It doesn't last long. If you build a house on a rock, it's solid, it's got a firm foundation, and it's going to last. No matter how big the storm, no matter how bad the wind, no matter how much rain comes, that house is going to stand firm. And that's what God is telling us to do with our lives, that he wants us to build on the rock, which is his word. He doesn't want us to build on sand. So although these two people, me and Stephen, we went and read the same manual, but I did what it said on the manual, Stephen went and did his own. He thought, oh, I know better. I want to build it here. And, he, and it says in the Bible about that story, it says, and great was its fall. That actually there was big consequences to not doing the right thing, not obeying what the Bible had said. And so, yeah, don't just read it. Read it and do what it says. And that's the next point. Uh, so number seven, who's got box number seven? Great. Come on up with your box. Oh, your box is missing a bottom. Oh, bring it up. What could possibly happen now? What's your name? Bolt. Sorry? Bolt. Bolt. <laughs> What's your name? Blake. Blake. Great, Blake. Excellent holding of the box. Blake is in the box. Woo! So here is Blake, and he is in the box. So point number seven is read it with others. So can you give us a wave, Blake, from your box? Oh, <laughs> you look really happy. Um, so we're just going to put Blake in the box for the rest of this point. So you just stay there, Blake. Just uh, stay in your box. Looking good. Who's got a social media account? Who has hashtag New Day 1214? Oh, yeah. Um, 
So there's, we've got a social media account for New Day 12 to 14s. I'm sure you've all got your personal ones. I've got a uh, Facebook page for myself and I've got an Instagram. Um, I like to put little pictures up there and put little uh, nice little quotes and things that I've seen, post a few things up. But I don't just post that just for the general public. I post it really for my friends. I've got people who follow me. And on my Instagram, I've actually made it private so only my friends can see it because I just don't want random people just seeing all of my life, really. That's, that's just the way I roll. But actually, I've done it for my friends. I'm doing that to show my friends what I'm up to. They do. They post things and I see what they're up to. They might comment on my things. We have a friendship and actually that social media is just a part of that friendship. And all of our lives, we're made for doing in relationship. We're made to be in relationships. We're all born into a family or you've got some sort of family that you've got around you. Um, and we, we are, have friends. We have people that we have in our life that we choose to put in our life that we want to share our lives with. And the Bible, reading the Bible is absolutely no different. So um, sometimes it's good to read it alone, and we've kind of talked about that a little bit, but sometimes it's really good to read it with others. And a bit like Stephen was saying about church and preaching of the word as well, reading the Bible with other people can be really helpful in our understanding of it. Um, So I've got a really good friend. You might have seen her this morning. Thanks, Blake. (laughs) Ah, she's pretty. This is my friend, Nay. Um, we're really close, we're really good friends, we hang out a lot, we see each other most weeks, hang out with her little boy John T, we play games, we go to the park, uh, we eat dinner together, we do all sorts of stuff together. But Nay's friendship is really special because she encourages me and teaches me how to read the word of God. So sometimes if I'm going through a difficult time, she'll point me to some verses, she'll send me a text, she'll send me an encouragement. Maybe I'm around her house and we're talking and I'm just moaning about something and saying how I'm doing some exams at the moment for my work and I'm just stressed and I'm thinking, this is stressful, I'm just consumed by stress and all I can think about is stress, 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 stress. And Nay says, but have you thought about God? What does God say about this? Let's open up the word and talk about what God says about this, that God is bigger than these stresses, that God has given you all you need to get through this time, that you don't have to worry that you can cast all your cares upon God, because all your worries upon God, because he cares for you. So um, Nay points me to the Bible time and time again, and she's an amazing friend, and hopefully I do the same for her, that when she's going through difficult times, or even great times, I'll point her to the word and say, let's, let's um, thank God together, let's pray together, let's read the word together, and that's what uh, makes this friendship really special. Um, you may have friends in your youth group. Put your hand up if you're here with a friend. Woo. Oh, that's nice. Some of you look at you like, do you mean me? What? Um, it, friends are great and youth group friends are really great because you can do this with them. So just have a little think now um, about who your friends are and who are the people that you are helping to read the Bible and who are the people that are helping you. So maybe just have one person or two people in your head. And maybe this is a challenge for you for the rest of the day that you can go and find those people and have a chat to them and talk about how you can help each other read the word. Thanks, Blake. You did a great job. How are you going to get that box on there? Doug, 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 Doug. I'll pass it. Someone please take a picture before they die. Doug, 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 Doug. Oh, I actually didn't get to take a picture. Well done, boys. Point number eight. Box number eight. Okay, so Doug's going to bring it to me, and he's not going to open it. Inside, there is a 
present for someone, okay? But to win it, this point is about questions, okay? So you can ask me a question, that a yes or no question to find out what is inside, okay? So you can guess generally or you can guess specifically, I don't mind. Okay, who would like to ask a question about what's in the box? Okay, yes. Is it round? No. Will I let you open it? No. Is it square? I'll say yes. Is it big? No. Can it be used to make other things? I'm going to say yes, but it's a bit obscure. Okay, yeah. Is it what? Is it alive? You know me well. No. Yeah, yeah. Is it a Kindle? You wish. Yeah, the mic, look up. Okay. Are we going to go I was going to say Kindle as well. You wish. Sorry, no, it's not that expensive. Okay, behind you. Is it, is it black? It is black. Okay, fine. Okay, yep. Is it edible? No. Can I can you use it in any of the cow sheds? You can use it, yes, in the cow sheds, I guess. <laughs> yep. I need it louder. Does it? Does it help you get closer to God? Not no. really. Yep. Would you write in it? No. Can you store stuff in it? No. Is it electronic? Yes. Ooh. Yep. Pen? Is it a phone? No. Yep. A little chair? No. Is it alarm clock? No. You've got four questions left. Is it a speaker? No. Is it a charger? No. Two questions left. Is it a torch? Woo! 19 questions coming up in the box. <laughs> wow. We got well that's done. I'm quite impressed. It started slow. I thought you ain't going to get this. But yeah, yes. On the 20 questions, you got it. It is a torch. A very cheap torch from Halfords that goes on your head. Yay! Fantastic. Okay, well done. Here was a torch. Asking questions, you can find what's in the box. The same is true with the Bible. When I read the Bible, I'm always, always asking lots and lots of questions. What on earth does this mean? It's quite a good question to ask. What is God saying about himself in this? What's God saying about his relationship with me? Asking questions. I ask questions as I read it to prompt myself to understand it better. I also ask questions of other people. I'm not the best Bible scholar, but I know lots of people who know the Bible better than me. So I ask them questions. Hey, how would you preach this? Or what's this trying to say? So ask questions. If there's things in the Bible you don't understand, you can ask your youth leaders questions and they'll go, I don't know either. And you go and find your pastor and you ask them questions. And they'll go, I don't know either. And they'll find out. Because there's lots of books written about the Bible. There's lots of things being said. So ask questions. It's one of the key things you can do as you read the Bible. Don't just read it. Do it. If you, don't, if you read it and you don't understand it, ask questions. Okay. Next question. Number nine. I'm not put the box up, have I? Shall I? Get the box up. Whoop. Pardon? Climb up the door and just chuck it on. <laughs> I'm going to bring up box number nine. We need someone who is I'm going to have a go. When we finish, 12 when, foot tall. As we give out the fabs, I'll see if I can put it on top. Go on. Okay, come on, open the box. What's your name? Hayley, and where are you from? 
Big and Hill. Big and Hill. Whoop, whoop. Oh, just okay, one. Let's try it again. Big and Hill. Big and Hill. Oh, two of you. Right, what's in your box? What's in the box? I said, now what's in the box? It is a picture. I right, come here. <laughs> you look really unimpressed by that. I just forgot what it was. <laughs> That's it. Okay, so here's a picture here. This is a Honda VFR 800, and this is my motorbike. Woo! And this is here. Because um, you can sit down now. You can have a picture on a motorbike. Yeah, you can leave the box there. There you are. You can frame you, that and put it in your you bedroom lucky. if you want. Um, I realise the guy who gave us this. You got, that was yours to keep. You can keep that, mate. <laughs> you can get forever as a memento of New Day 2015. Lucky. Okay, so I put a picture of my motorbike in the box because I passed my motorbike license this year. Yeah. Well done, me. <laughs> but I didn't pass it first time. And um, it was a great high because I wanted to take my bike around Europe later this year. So my heart set on getting my test, getting my bike that I'd saved for, and then taking it around Europe. I went to take my test. There's two parts of it. First part, I absolutely aced. No problems. Second part, not so good. So I'm there thinking I need to merge onto this main busy road. I'm like, I don't, should I go in front of that van? Should I go behind that van? No, 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 the van's coming closer. And then I put some on my brakes. They slam on their brakes. It's gone horribly wrong. And at that point on, I made so many mistakes. At the end, um, I parked my bike up. The examiner who kind of follows you behind on another bike parks his bike up. I was like, so he's like, he's looking at me like, are you really think I'm going to say yes? Did you see how you just rode that bike? There's no way you're ever going on the road. I was just like, so I was gutted, absolutely gutted. My world fell out. I was like, oh no, I've totally messed this up. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put the next test. And they're expensive. So I put the next test. I was like, right, I'm going to ace it this time. This time I failed the test within the first two seconds. First two seconds. I pull out of the test center and another learner driver was coming in in a car and they were going like 40 miles an hour in a 20 and it just, I just hadn't seen them and so I just pulled out a little bit so they had to slam on their brakes I slammed on my brakes I'm thinking, great and I still had to do the whole test knowing that I blatantly failed this thing and totally screwed it up so I come back again I get to tell my friends again oh yeah, I failed again people start going do you think this is God saying you shouldn't get a motorbike? Like, no! That's, this, is, this is obviously a point for New Day or something and so I'm going to use it so third time, I'm praying on the way. They're saying, God, if it's wrong for me to pass, just, just tell me. But I'm going again. And the third time, I passed. But I kept on going. I persevered. There was something that I wanted. I thought, you know what? I'm going to keep going. And I keep persevering through the disappointment, through the bit of heartache. I'm going to keep going. And this is a point for you. With your Bible reading, you ain't going to read it every day from now on. You're not going to read it perfectly. You're not going to understand it. But can I encourage you to keep going. Keep persevering with it. Keep praying as you read it and let it feed you and help you for the rest of your lives. I want to tell you that the the Word of God has changed my life over and over again and I want to pray that it does the same for you. I'm going to read a scripture for you before we finish. This is from Psalm 119, 96. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to the Word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands, from your Word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. 
and rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your words. And that's really my prayer for you guys, for you guys that you do that. You take the word, you hide it in your heart, that you build strong foundations in your life and you pursue the word of God. And do it together, like Kat was saying. Speak to one another. Say, keep encouraging me. Send me texts to remind me. Send me, the bit, send me the bit in the Bible that's encouraging you at the moment. Why don't you stand to your feet? And I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to give out a fabulous and, build, and finish the tower. Okay? Let me pray. Dear Lord God, I want to thank you for your word. It is a wonderful gift to us. Thank you. We don't need to read it for you to love us. You love us no matter what. You love us whether we read four chapters today. You love us whether we've not read it for a month, Lord God. Thank you. That does not change, Lord. But you've given us the word to encourage us, to build us up, so we can build strong foundations that we can have fruitful lives. And I want to pray for each young person here. They might have fruitful lives as they read your word and as they're encouraged to follow you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.